Good evening, brothers and sisters. Good evening, Lord. How are you all today? Okay, so uh, we are about maybe one fifth of the class of the book. So at this rate, we should finish in one and a half years' time. <laughs> so. We have a So we're now at. at <laughs> Page 23, paragraph 26. Uh, last week, we went through the, the, uh, the past few verses. Yeah. Uh, but uh, in fact, we, we went through again the, the, 12, uh, the 12 links. Uh, the 12 links. In one of the sutta, Venerable Ananda told the Buddha that uh, he find the twelve links of dependent origination uh, very simple to understand. Yeah, very clear. It appears very clear to him. And the Buddha, the Buddha actually told him not to say that, um, and commented that it is because he do not understand the twelve links of dependent origination that he made such a statement. So if you find that the 12 links uh, (laughs) uh, is very chim or very profound, yeah, that's because the mechanism driving our life is that complex. Um, This is the, the diagram that I drew out the last time. I don't know how, how much it has helped you to understand, yeah, but the, the gist of it is that this is a diagrammatic view of, of, the, uh, of all the different components that drives our existence. Uh, it is semi-chronological, uh, yeah, but not totally. Yeah, and as I've mentioned over the past two classes, that uh, there are certain se- sequences that actually um, it's not just once. Yeah. So, for example, from uh, the sixth sense base to contact, then contact to feelings, craving, clinging, uh, this is not something that you just go through once in this life, yeah, but you actually go through multiple times of this. And then at the end of our life, uh, one of these or a past life. Um, craving and attachment would actually uh, uh, ripen and then propel us to take the process of uh, going into the next existence. So between each life, the becoming is only one. Uh, But the process before that is is multiple. Similarly for ignorance, uh, it is not just that oh, that is the first step, after that ignorance disappears. But I- ignorance is throughout the whole process. Yeah? Um, by putting ignorance at the start, it is, um, it is identify, identifying ignorance as the key driver for this cyclical existence. So, um, let's continue with the text, paragraph 26. 
Then monks, wandering by stages, I eventually come, came to Varanasi, to the deer park at Isipana, Isipatana. And I approached the monks of the group of five. The monks saw me in the dis- coming in the distance, and they agreed among themselves, cast. Friends, here comes the ascetic Gotama, who leads luxuriously, who gave up his striving and reverted to luxury. We should not pay homage to him, or rise up for him, or receive his bow and altar robe. But a seat may be prepared for him. If he likes, he may sit down. So this is uh, the, the Buddha uh, going to find uh, the five ascetics. Yeah. In previous weeks, we went through how the Buddha thought about his first two teachers, yeah. Alara Karama and Udaka Ramaputta, yeah, who were his uh, two teachers who taught him the two highest uh, bases of concentration in the formless realm. So, uh, if you consider this section here, uh, in Para 26, their thoughts towards the Buddha, when the Buddha was uh, coming. Friends, here comes the ascetic Gautama, who lives luxuriously. Huh. What was the Buddha doing? Yeah. The Buddha basically um, ended the practice of extreme ascetism. Yeah. He started receiving food. He started bathing and receiving food. He didn't uh, continue those practices like holding his breath for long duration. He didn't limit the amount of food he eat, but he eat moderately what is adequate. Yeah. So to them, to these five ascetics, that is living luxuriously. Uh, but uh, even then, they prepared a seat for him. Yeah. So what happened next? However, as I approach, those monks found themselves unable to keep their pact. One came to meet me and took my bowl and altar rope. Another prepared a seat and another set up water for my feet. However, they addressed me by name and as friend. So in the Buddha's time, it was common for uh, the practitioners to address each other as friend if they are not their senior or not their teacher. Uh, And in fact, among the Buddha's disciples, they often refer to each other as friend. Now this is not the only time that the Buddha was referred to by their name or by his name or as friend. Yeah. In other suttas, uh, there are others who actually refer to the Buddha as friend also. So here, thereupon, I told them, monks, do not address the Tathagata by name and as friend. The Tathagata is an arahant, a perfectly enlightened one. Listen, monks, the deathless has been attained. I shall instruct you I shall teach you the Dharma, practicing as you are instructed by realizing it for yourselves here and now through direct knowledge, you will soon enter and dwell in that supreme goal of the holy life, for the sake of which plans men rightly go forth from the home life into homelessness. So here, Tathagata uh, is a epithet for the Buddha. That means an honor. Uh, a term of honor to the Buddha 
uh, and it, there are two different uh, uh, two, two meanings or translations to this word uh, Tathagata uh, one who has gone well and one who has come well yeah. Yeah. and it refers to that means it's referring to the Buddha as uh, coming into uh, uh, attaining to enlightenment just like the Buddhas in the past and then entering uh, in future entering Paranibbana just like the Buddhas in the past uh, so the Tathagata this term in Chinese usually translated as Ru Lai uh, but in some texts then if you talk about Ru Lai Gan Ru Qi Ru Lai Ru Qi so in Singgang Sing in Diamond Sutra it says uh, Ru Lai is a uh, so, uh, but that's another level of explanation. Uh. Okay, so, this is one of the terms. Uh, the Tathagata is an Arahant, a perfectly enlightened one. Yeah, so, this is parallel to what we usually recite Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sammasambuddhasa. Yeah, except for the Bhagavato. So the Arahato then Samma Sambuddhasa. Uh, what is an Arahant? An Arahant is someone who has removed all defilements, all suffering. Yeah. Someone who has reached that state. A perfectly enlightened one. Samma Sambuddhasa. Yeah. So perfectly enlightened one is already translated as English. Yeah. The Pali term is Samma Sambuddha. Uh, and that is our in Chinese so this uh, Samma Sambuddha is Samyao Sambuddha yeah, or Samyao Sambuddha uh, so here he declares to the to the five ascetics that um, they should not refer to him as friend because he has already attained uh, Buddhahood yeah? so they should refer to him yeah, otherwise that he is already an Arahant. He is a perfectly enlightened one. So like today, how do you address me? Sifu. Yeah, so some of you may address me as Sifu. In English, how do you address me? Venerable. Venerable. <laughs> yeah, venerable. Uh, when I go to some interfaith uh, um, like dialogue or meeting, when they, when they ask me how, how they, they should address me and I tell them venerable, then they look at me with a physical look. Yeah, and they're like, but you're not very old. <laughs> so in other religion, someone to be to be named venerable, it must be physically old. Because the term venerable is literally, you know, you're very elderly. Yeah. Uh, so some Sometimes you may see this term reverend. Yeah, reverend. Uh, so Sri Lankan monks, uh, they, they sometimes would write themselves reverend something something. Uh, but we usually refer to them as Bhante. Uh, yeah, so the different terms of reference, uh, there was one someone referred to me as monk. Yeah. Uh, actually, actually, if they refer to a monk as monk, uh, it is not a wrong or bad thing, but by convention we're not used to it, you know. Uh, why? Because if you translate monk as bhikkhu, 
well, it's very high praise. Right? If you call someone bhikkhu, it's actually very high praise because bhikkhu means uh, killer of evil. There are a few different meanings. One of them is killer of evil. Someone who is working to remove defilements. Wow, so if you call someone as bhikkhu, wow, you are considering this person as someone who is looking to. Yeah. Um, but in front of other people, don't you may not call like a bhikkhu. <laughs> But I have visited Thai forest tradition. Uh, for them, it's very, very normal. Yeah, bhikkhu bodhi. Yeah. But usually, when they refer to a senior, they will put venerable bhikkhu bodhi. Yeah. Uh, like this book is who? Who is the author? Uh, bhikkhu bodhi. Yeah. Uh, usually, in the academic field, you don't write your honorific yourself. Uh. Yeah, bhikkhu is not an honorific. Yeah, because it is who we are. So, uh, so last week I go from the right. Huh? So this week I go from the left. Okay. Did, did you see on the right last week? Yes. Why I no I like I like the right one. Can I? Uh, should can I, I, can I, huh? I ask a question? Yes. 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 Ask them not to the five aesthetics, not to regard him as. Friend and all that, yes. but because they are still not convinced, they still continue to say, "Yeah, friend, friend." Yeah, you know? yeah, correct. But nothing is wrong, right? Nothing technically is wrong, right? Because from yeah. their point of view, they are not enlightened yet. They wouldn't be able to. Exactly. So, uh, so when you, you see this, uh, for example, if Sufu is the one who say, or let's say some monk who say this, uh, some people may say, "Oh, now see how late, But because it's the Buddha, we don't think in that way. Uh. Yeah. And for, for me, of course, I would agree that yeah, the Buddha was just telling them uh, very factually mm-hmm. that yeah, you shouldn't address in this way. Uh, now the question is, if you address the Buddha, not knowing that he's the Buddha as friend, is there bad karma? Yeah. Uh, is there bad karma? Yeah. Because in this case, they are he's still insisting. They, from their point of view, they still yeah. they're not convinced. Uh, in a way, if you look at the whole sequence, right? Mm. Um, <coughs> in part, he was trying to highlight to them that not so much simply about what they call him, but more about to recognize that he has already become awakened and be ready to learn from him how to be awakened. Yeah, because as you, as we will see from the flow of the text, yeah. uh, that's his focus. He wasn't just about focusing like, hey, you must call me correctly. <laughs> but more about, if you will still refer to me as a friend, then we are equal. Then how do I teach you? You will, you, you know, you will not look, you, you don't recognize the, the, the validity of the truth that I have already attained. Uh, that is actually the focus here. Uh, uh, but no negative karma per se. I would like to think that there shouldn't be la. I would like to think so. Yeah. In other texts or other teachings, there's no mention about these five aesthetics having that problem. Because in fact, after the first uh, first turning, uh, one of them immediately attained to enlightenment. And after seven days, all of them attained Arahantu. Yeah, so apparently, there was no issue. Yeah. Now, there would be an issue if any of them continue to insist that no, you are just a friend. Now with this attitude, 
whatever he say, he, 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 they will probably just take it as, yeah, my kaki, my friend say one. Uh, then the, the mindset, they, they may just take it as, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, so I think there's one, uh, Barcelona, yes. cannot hear you ever, so you cannot speak Hokkien. Oh yeah, do you understand Hokkien? Not really. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, we'll, we'll try to explain to you the Hokkien now. Uh, Alison will try to explain to you. It's not a correction. I'm not saying I like to read, I just follow the flow. Yeah. So, this part. Um, yeah. yeah. Hang on. Wait, hang on. Uh, don't push all the way up because. Uh, let me see. Uh, Mic test, oh, okay. Yeah. Is it yeah. the practicing? This is the. Huh? When this was said. Oh. When, when this was said, the monks of the group of five answered me thus Friend Gautama, by the conduct, the practice, and the performance of austerities that you undertook, we you did not achieve any superhuman distinction in knowledge and vision worthy of noble ones. Since you now live luxuriously, having given up your striving and reverted to luxury, how could you have achieved any superhuman distinction in knowledge and vision worthy of the noble ones? Okay, thank you. So, <clears throat> the reply from the group of five, uh, they, in a way, they criticize him, uh, saying, "You, when you were practicing the austerities, you did not achieve any superhuman distinction in knowledge and vision worthy of the noble ones. Yeah. Then, since you now live luxuriously, uh, last time you were not living luxuriously, you were practicing extreme asceticism, the austerities, and you didn't achieve anything. How can you achieve anything now? Yeah, this was basically." When this was said, I told them, the Tathagata does not live luxuriously, nor has he given up his striving and reverted to luxury. The Tathagata is an Arahant, a perfectly enlightened one. Listen, monks, the deathless has been attained from the home life into home homeless life. You need to speak up a bit more, although that's a mic. Yeah, so this is uh, a bridging from paragraph 27. Yeah. Listen, monks, the deathless has been attained. I shall instruct you, I shall teach you the Dharma. Practicing as you are instructed by realizing it for yourselves here and now through direct knowledge, you'll soon enter and dwell in that supreme goal of the holy life for the sake of which plans men rightly go forth from the home life into homelessness. So this is the full abridging. Second time. A second time, the monks of the group of five said to me, Friends Gotama, 
how could you have achieved any superhuman distinction in knowledge and vision worthy of the noble ones? A second time I told them, the Tathagata does not leave luxuriously from the home life into homeless. A third time the monks of the group of the five said to me, Friend Gautama, how could you have achieved any superhuman distinction in knowledge and vision worthy of the noble ones? Thank you. So, a third time, you will find that if you read through all the Nikayas, uh, the, this is a common thing. Whatever they ask, whatever they say, oftentimes, at least three times. Yeah, they will always repeat three times. Uh, so, uh, in the Theravadan tradition, when you take refuge, yeah, you must say it three times. Yeah, first Buddha Saranam and so on. Then duty yam ti, duty yam ti for a second time. Then tati yam ti a third time. Oh. So, uh, so they are not convinced. Yeah, these are not uh, individuals. Although they spend like five six years together, they are not individuals who will just uh, oh because you say so. So they are not so convinced. Uh, so let's see what the Buddha say after that. When this was said, I asked them, Monks, have you ever known me to speak like this before? No, Venerable Sir. Monks, the Tathagata is an Arahant, a perfectly enlightened one. Listen, Monks, the deathless has been attained. I shall instruct you. I shall teach you the Dharma. Practicing as you are instructed, by realizing it for yourselves here and now, through direct knowledge, you will soon enter and dwell in that supreme goal of the holy life for the sake of which clansmen rightly go forth from the home life into homelessness. Thank you. So this is where after three times the Buddha actually highlighted to them. Monks, have you ever known me to speak like this before? And then they replied, no venerable sir. Yeah. So if one day Biling tell you Biling has attained uh, awakening, yeah, Biling is an Arahan, perfectly enlightened. Uh, then you must reject three times. Then Biling will tell you, has Biling ever told you that? Yeah, but now I tell you this. Then next Louise, then Christina, then Andrew. <laughs> yeah, so um, let's look at Paragraph 29. I was able to convince the monks of the group of five. Then I sometimes instructed two monks while the other three went for arms. And the six of us live on what those three monks brought back from their arms round. Sometimes I instructed three monks while the other two went for arms, and the six of us live on what those two monks brought back from their arms round. Thank you. So this is a bit more description of how they live. Yeah. So from here you can immediately see that uh, the they don't always all like daily basis go on arms round themselves. And because the Buddha was giving teachings, uh, they would take turns to go and 
go for arms round and then come back. Yeah, so they will basically rotate. Uh, they will do rotation. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, Edward. Then the monks of the group of five, those taught and instructed by me, being themselves subject to birth, having understood the danger in what is subject to birth, seeking the unborn supreme security from bondage, Nirvana, attain the unborn supreme security of, from bondage, Nirvana, being themselves subject to aging, sickness, death, sorrow, and defilement, having understood the danger in what is subject to aging, sickness, death, sorrow, and defilement, seeking the aging, nailing, deathless, sorrowless, and undefiled supreme security from bondage, Nirvana, they attain the unaging, unailing, deathless, sorrowless, and undefiled supreme security from bondage, Nirvana. The knowledge and vision arose in them. Our liberation is unshakable. This is our last birth. No, there is no more renewed existence. Thank you. Okay, so this last last paragraph, paragraph 30, then the monks of the group of five thus taught and instructed by me, being sub themselves subject to birth, having understood the, the danger in what is subject to birth, and so on. Yeah, uh, they basically attain enlightenment. Now in this sutta itself, you don't see the mention of one of them attaining enlightenment first. Yeah? But in other suttas, <coughs> then there's the mention about uh, one of them uh, attaining enlightenment uh, much faster than the rest. Yeah? Uh, so, so think about it. Uh, imagine if you were one of the five disciples and now the, the person who was practicing with you come and tell you that he has the precise steps. He has the teachings that can actually get you enlightened. How exciting is that? Huh? <laughs> you know, sometimes when I conduct classes, right, uh, like how to try a stand mix, I sometimes ask myself, like, do we, do we have to spend 10 weeks? You know, this, this sutta, right, is... The last part here is over seven days. Yeah, but of course, the Buddha was teaching the whole day. So can you imagine if, let's say, you, you see a poster and the poster say, seven-day enlightenment course. <laughs> Would you go? <laughs> you sign up. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Because that, that's, that's the minimum the Buddha has highlighted in... Uh, in other suttas, you know, if you just do this practice, uh, seven days, count in, uh, seven days. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes when we have classes, uh, you notice that if you attend, you were to attend uh, Buddhism classes, there'll be mentioned about some part about the history of Buddhism, uh, about uh, who the Buddha's uh, mother is, and some of the background here and there. Uh, so far in SGC, uh, I, I rarely cover that, unless someone asks about it. Uh, there was once a couple, after attending a group cultivation last time, uh, for a period of time, then one day they met me and they told me that a friend who, who, who heard that they are attending classes asked them uh, who, the, the, who the mother of the Buddha was. And then they realized, eh, hey, hey, Sifu never teach me, no. <laughs> hey, we don't know, we don't know the, the name of the Buddha's mother. <laughs> so, so they, they told me about this this uh, conversation. Yeah. So I told them, I said, yeah, that, that's correct. Because I, I don't think knowing the Buddha's mother will get you enlightened. Yeah. So in a way, uh, sometimes I wonder, as we see every week, you know. So even if you if we extend it, uh, by w- after one year, you all should get enlightened. Uh. <laughs> but simple question. Uh, yes. If we all get enlightened after seven days, we all disappear. <laughs> right. Uh, no. Disappear in what sense? Oh, enlightened. Uh, don't worry. I will I will cover one sutta in one of the sutta. Uh, in case if in case if you are going to attain enlightenment next week, right? So in one of the sutta, the Buddha actually instructed the monks that after attaining enlightenment, do not uh, enter Parinibbana immediately. Uh, why? He says, out of compassion for the world, yeah, uh, stay on, yeah, to be of welfare and benefit to them. Uh, so in case if any of you don't be in a rush, okay, attain enlightenment, but don't enter Parinibbana. So still okay. <laughs> yeah. Ah? Yes. Uh-huh. Maybe it's not possible, like, uh, I mean, if you get around most of the priorities, then concentration is important. You know, I think so. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not trying to say Yeah, yeah, I know. Then, like, mm. so... Because in their time, they already, the past aesthetics already mm. have that concentration. Mm. So, that's true. That's if true. somebody were to tell me, I would say it's bluff because knowing myself, I don't have the concentration. So, uh, is it possible? The, the seven days is the minimum. Minimum. Mm. So but if someone were to tell me, should I believe the person? Minimum? No. It's like, if I, if, no, I no hang, on, hang on, hang on. So, for example, if I were to tell you all, human beings can run as far as like eight seconds. In 100 meters in 8 seconds. 
Just because you cannot doesn't mean human beings cannot. Uh, so the, this statement is about the minimum time that hu is humanly possible. So, so while it is humanly possible, it doesn't mean that you are that particular one who can do it in the in seven days. Maybe you are the one who do it in eight days. No, but if you know that tomorrow, I might find someone who is bad for me. Oh, take that. It's very risky, you know, to let me know that. I don't think it's how people get conned. <laughs> <laughs> but they are mad desperate. That does mean. You know what I mean? But no. you have to so, at least lay the foundation. Must tell yeah, of course. You must have that foundation. No, so I'm, some people believe and believe and buy that and like. No, I'm not selling anything. Yeah, of course. Uh. But without saying that, I suppose some would think that. Without saying what? Like, has that foundation of morality and. No, we, what, do you, what do you understand about the word minimum? The seven days. Yeah, uh, when, when, when you hear. I, I just want to make sure that okay. the, the, my expression don't leave ambiguity. Okay. When I say. When you hear people say that, uh, the minimum seven days. How, 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 do you, how do you understand this statement? Does it mean that everybody should be able to do it in seven days? Uh, then, should they, would they be... Yeah, but this statement doesn't say that you don't need conditions. Ma. This statement is just a statement about... Uh, I understand what you mean. For somebody with a really strong foundation, of course, yes. yeah. Yes, like this here, like this. Let's say I know lah. Let's say we some go outside, then some people are uh. were to tell that most people they wouldn't know. Like you need that foundation, they would think that mm. like, you know, just one step and you just go up. So it's kind of risky to tell that. But that's what the Buddha said. I think. Uh, is it? Huh? That, uh, because without the foundation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we already hear that. Okay. And and I I must say that yes, I do agree that uh, the the statement about saying that if you have uh, the foundation, the good qualities, and so on, then you can do it in seven days. Uh, but that would mean that you basically cannot make a simple statement. Then you have to also highlight that. Oh, you need to practice Noble Eightfold Path. And then why is Noble Eightfold Path? You know what I mean? Or maybe life practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So meaning, um, for Liu Tzu Hui, and somebody as prime as somebody like him, right? You also need at least seven days. Uh, for the point of being... Well, so for example, Variable Sariputra and Variable Mahamogalana, yeah. when the moment they hear it, they immediately attain the first fruit, the first fruit, yeah, the first fruit, yeah, and then variable Mahamogalana. Later on, when he learned the full teachings from the Buddha, uh, he took, he practiced for seven days. He attained arahanthood. Then the rest was uh, more than that. Yeah. So maybe, uh, so is your concern that people will misread the statement? No, so so that's the thing. So it means that to you, when you hear minimum seven days, that means you will, you will think that oh, there's no requirement. Ah, you you will think that it, it because the way you are interpreting seems to be like 
it is at most seven days. So there's a difference between these two, at most and minimum, at least seven days, and at most seven days is very different. At most is ceiling, at, at least is the base. Yeah, so it could be seven days, it could be seven years, it could be 70 years and you die and go next life, it could be seven lifetime. So seven days is the fastest, uh, seven days is the fastest possible. Yeah, so, so but, but it's good that you clarify because maybe others may also think this way. Yeah, so, okay, so, so let me, let me clarify because recording, uh, uh, in case if someone on the internet listen to the podcast, uh, let me clarify, when we say minimum, it doesn't mean that everybody will hit this minimum. Minimum means at least seven days. So depending on our different cultivation level, your mileage may vary. Yeah. Huh? Good that you clarify. <laughs> yes. But uh, I see that when Buddha's, wait, wait. Uh, when okay. Buddha's emerged, oh, okay. it's okay. Emerged it's okay. To teach, I, can, I can use this. When Buddha's emerged to teach, I, uh -huh. I think there's a period of time, which is a very long time, that there's no uh, uh, Dharma or something like that. So when if we, we, we go into uh, this Buddhism, um, so if uh, Buddhas emerge and come to this uh, uh, so-called, uh, now we are in the Mofa, Mofa Sutai, right? Mofa means the decline, decline stage of the, uh, after the Buddha emerge, there's a, a, yeah, a certain there's period there's Zenfa, yeah, there's Xiangfa, uh, and then yes. there's Mofa. Yes. So, so, okay, so there is the, the true Dharma period, there is the uh, uh, similar Dharma period, and then there's the declining Dharma period. So the Buddha in some suttas highlighted that uh, the teachings of the Buddha go through these three phases. When the Buddha first start to give teaching, that is the uh, true Dharma period, yeah, So all the way until he passed away, yeah, that is the Zenfa period. So after he has passed, aw passed away, uh, for a certain duration, it can still be considered to be zhenfa, to be the true dharma. Yeah, because as long as there are people who can learn and practice and attain enlightenment, um, then that, that's still considered zhenfa. So beyond zhenfa, then there is the uh, xiangfa, where uh, there is uh, also teachings, uh, but uh, some say nobody attain enlightenment, some say lesser people attain enlightenment. Yeah, and sometimes uh, then beyond the Xiangfa, the Mofa is worse. Yeah. Mofa basically you start to have distortion of the teachings. Yeah, distortion of the teachings. But in in my teacher's um, my teacher's explanation, he says even in the Buddha's time, uh, there are those who see the Buddha but don't want to learn from him. So as far as those people who see the Buddha but don't don't have the connection to learn from him, for them it is already more far. Even when the Buddha was around. Uh, today we still have the Buddha's teaching. Yeah, uh, it's up to individuals to learn and practice to realize the truth that he uh, attained and he taught. Yeah. So in the lineage that I was I was. Uh, uh, ordained in, uh, we we say we say that uh, if you cultivate, it's still zhenfa. 
but will be mm. at this period it will be much uh. difficult to to because of all those uh, uh, the environment uh. that they always uh, uh, true or so obstruct you from uh, so called like getting uh, training on dharma training on uh, mm. to to perfect yourself yeah. so so there are all those obstacles that yeah. that uh, uh, in you uh, so called yeah those, temptations uh, temptations that you you mm. probably will not be able to get enlightened uh, in a short period of time so it still depends on individuals uh. okay. to me it still depends on individual yeah it's just like in singapore <coughs> today is uh tuesday you all can you all could have just knock off valentine's. Uh, celebrate oh, valentine's yes. day but you all decide that hey you want to come and learn about dharma Instead of celebrating the love with attachment, come and learn how to love without attachment. You know, so it's personal choice, ma. Uh, no? uh, so there are some people who say that now is the declining period. Yeah. So in a way, you could say that uh, there is the external conditions and our own uh, motivation and willingness to put in effort to learn Dharma. Yeah. So external conditions can be very bad. And if it's very bad, then we can say that as far as the external condition is concerned, it is declining period. But then, if, if that's the case, then you must put in even more effort internally. Yeah, uh, In Singapore, we can say that uh, we have... Uh, you know how many, how many uh, venerables from other countries commented about Singapore? They always say Singapore is such a... Uh, meritorious country. Mm. The people in Singapore are very are full of merits. Why? Uh, uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of good wholesome conditions. Why? You want to learn Tibetan Buddhism? Multiple centers. Uh, all the different schools. You want to learn Nimapa, you want to learn Kamapa, you want to learn learn uh, uh, the, the Galupa, any, any of the schools. You can find multiple of the same schools. You want to learn Theravada, you can learn from Sri Lanka, you can learn from Thai, you can learn from Myanmar. You want to learn Chinese? So many temples. Yeah. You want to learn Chinese? You can learn from Taiwan centers, you can learn from Chinese Zen masters. It's also very confusing, right? Uh, so <laughs> paradox of choice. Paradox of choice. Huh? Yeah, so, uh, given all these conditions, it's up to individuals to make best use of these conditions to learn. Yeah. Uh, but there are those who attend the, the, some Buddhism classes, and you know what they tell me? They tell me, Sufu, you should you know, organize more classes. And I'm like, wow, Sufu organize class until bin qi qi. Bin qi qi means, bin means face. T, T means green. green, green. Until the face green. 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 Yeah, if a person uh, means, wow, well, very tired already, no? Yeah. Yeah, so the person tell me that, oh, you should have more classes. So that gave me a clue. Actually, even in Singapore, once you are in touch with one Buddhist center, you usually suddenly feel, wow, a lot of classes, I don't know which one to attend. But try, try to remember a year before you enter into Buddhism, you find that, hey, like, for your whole life, no Buddhism eh, in Singapore. <laughs> huh? Like, what, what is Buddhism, all the temple doing? Uh? But actually, 
it's not that it's not that Komisan or Buddhist Union or other centers just started classes two years ago. No, for the past how many years? Even when I was a lay person, there are so many classes. Even when I was a kid, already there are classes. Yeah, so it's an amazing thing, and it's not that y'all don't put in effort. No, but when the conditions are not there, somehow you just never encounter a, the friend who will tell you, "Hey, I'm." I'm not free today. Why? I'm going for Heart Sutra class. <laughs> or I'm going for Dharma study group. Yeah. But when the conditions are right, eh? uh, then suddenly you see, eh, Singapore is like a pure land. Yeah. So about the child link, about the river. Huh? Child link? You go oh. to the... Oh, no. <laughs> 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 That's what I'm trying to say. Is that, but oh, no. if they say we're talking about yeah, uh, yeah. We, we have rebirth, right? Uh-uh. So what we have learned, what I learned... Yeah. from the consciousness uh, from with the pass on to the next life right yes so in this case the next life will start to see uh, so called uh, yes. the, the, the per, per, perfuming the seed yes so life after life of perform, perfuming the seed then yeah. uh, at, at the last stage maybe we get enlightened very very fast that, that seems to be enlightened uh, very fast okay so so the question uh, hey, wait, wait. Uh, right. so uh, let me summarize your question, okay? Ah. So his question is similar to what Wilson asked. Yeah. Like in the case of uh, the, the sixth patriot, Liu Zhu Huinan, he's supposed to be able to, he, he was said to like, just, you know, immediately attain enlightenment very swiftly. Yeah. Uh, although he was not even literate, number one. Uh, when there were verses written, he, he cannot even understand. He must ask someone to read it. Then once he hear it, he understand the meaning, and he immediately give the return couplet. Well, how many how many of us can do that? You hear a couplet, immediately give a couplet. Sui sui, you know. <laughs> so <clears throat> many people have, so in the in the Chinese Zen school, then from this uh, become uh, the turning point where we say there is the instant instantaneous sudden. Uh, or sudden yes, yes sudden awakening versus the gradual awakening. Uh, how can we un- understand this? Very simple. Take this class for example. Some of you maybe have read half the book already. Yeah. Some of you just got to know about this class, and then just some of you came from Barcelona, <laughs> don't know what's going on. Also, <laughs> then learn the Hokkien Binchinji. Yeah. So, but who knows? Maybe he 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 immediately can explain to you twelve links. <laughs> Yeah, hard to know, hard to say. Yeah. But usually, those who have already read the book, uh, you may find that hey, this is like a revision. Yeah. So if you just look at today, then it seems like wow, some of you have wow, you are so so advanced. Huh? But if you only look at today, then there is the difference of those who are sudden and those who is gradual. If you look at the whole picture. It is always gradual. Yes. So even for Venerable Sariputra, way back in the previous Buddha's time, he already amassed all the all the qualities to be able to attain arahanthood. But because of his aspiration to become a chief disciple, so in, in the commentary says, uh, he he kind of like delete his his uh, atta- atta- enlightenment. Yeah, to further perfect other parameters to be able to attain enlightenment. And then the, the one that I mentioned, I think is uh, Konananda. Uh, he, 
was the first to attain enlightenment. Yeah. Upon hearing, immediately, boom. Konananda. Parable Konananda. Yeah. Uh, uh, he mentioned, uh, mentioned his name, huh? Uh, uh, Wait, Sufu, Sufu. Edison yeah. has a very good question. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's no real sudden. He's also but gradual. Is, is it confirm guaranteed? Confirm. 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 Because of the I can tell you confirm. No, that there's one answer there's one answer that's called Mazu something one. That's from the the Tu uh, tradition, right? They they keep highlighting that yeah, there is a way, you know, just hit on the head and be very very sudden that leads you so, to enlightenment. So for example, yeah. uh, now I ask I tell you how to set up a website. Okay, I tell you how to set up a web, website. Your, uh, just play with, just go ahead with me, uh, just as an experiment, okay? I use setting up a website because it's not so common, okay? Uh, I will give you the culture now, okay? Are you all ready? Uh, four words, four, four syllabus. Ready? Yes. Set up website. Oh. <laughs> Did you all get it? How many of you got it? <laughs> so, do, do you all know how to set up a website already? Yeah. No. How many of you know? You know? Yeah. But are you able to set up a website now? How many of you? How many of you? How many of you are able to set up a website now without further instructions or help? Cannot, right? Now, let's say we redo the thing, but now you give that code. <laughs> just say, huh? Yeah, Google search. <laughs> just, just say, just say. Ah, just say. Set up website. Oh, set up website. Oh. Ah, okay. So, how many of you know how to set up website? I know the word. <laughs> you know how to set up website? Yeah. So, both. So, just how come never raise your hand? How come you never raise your hand just Don't now? Understand the lie of your thought. <laughs> 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 you know, sometimes English, sometimes Chinese, you get confused. <laughs> no, in the past, this past statement I was using English all the way on. <laughs> no, no, but do you understand what I'm trying to get at? So the moment I say set up website, um, you he ever is able to set up a website? Yeah, but at this point, um. How many of you know that he has prior training? Before I ask, he would you all wouldn't know. Yeah? Because you all know Sifu. So if I do the experiment, of course Sifu you know lah, you know. But so this is my point that <clears throat> as far as the sudden awakening is concerned, it is really the culmination of past practices. Yeah. So for someone who already have all the different skills, all you have to do is give you the simple instruction, immediately, oh, yeah, uh, maybe I uh, maybe to give you more detail, uh, set up a lamp server. Yeah, then he knows that what is a lamp server because he knows a, a lamp server. The rest, uh, lamp lamp. <laughs> uh, just uh, like uh, I attend many classes. Uh, it is quite true uh, because I, mm. I attend many many times. Yes. 
certain uh, same topic, but many times. Only yes. at one time that I, I maybe Chuan Kong Fasi say this, oh, now I know already. Yes. But actually, I, I really learned. It's because of uh, all those together. And that's why, that's why, no, and, and that's why in the Heart Sutra class, I keep on highlighting. Whether it's in my class or other classes, if let's say you attend Sifu's class, and I explain something, and you're like, wow, how come simple explanation is so simple? I immediately understand. Don't don't give me all the credit, no. I'm just one of the teacher to of the whole jigsaw puzzle. There are many students who uh, who text me, e- email me, come and see me, and say, oh, Sifu, wow, I I learned so much from you. Blah, blah, blah. Then they say, and some of them even tell me, actually, uh, I have to tell you, but I don't feel good. Uh, but I tell you, uh, last time, uh, all those all those classes, ah. Uh, Oh, I never teach like the way you teach. So I, I not that I'm humble, I'm not humble, I, but I, I tell them this. Do not dismiss all the classes before. If you didn't attend all the classes before, you cannot understand what I teach you. I can assure you. Most of those people who attend my class and they suddenly feel like, hey, how come he managed to make it so simple? But they forget that it is because of all the classes that they don't understand that they have attended. And it seems like, oh, all those very cheap, cheap, But you, you plant the seed. Bit by bit, bit by bit. I'm the last person who uh, push you over. Uh, everybody, <laughs> the last person, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, it focuses on that. But actually, you must go and read the clear instructions. Uh. It don't guarantee that anybody can do it, no. Uh, it says only for Li Gen Ren. It means a lot of people that force yeah. hope. You know. So, what Wilson is highlighting is that in, in some of the schools. Uh, yeah. So, focus on the sudden awakening. Um, there are some people who who can be triggered into have that having that experience, uh, but the person must have had that series of cultivation as well. No shortcut. I mean, why didn't the Buddha just tell us to just like that go around with a stick and whack all of us? Okay, yeah. So, where are we now? Uh, 74, right? 75. Yeah. So, the first discourse. Yeah, this is. This should be the Dhamma Chakka Pabatana Sutta. Yes. Dhamma Chakka Pabatana Sutta. Chu Zhuan Fa So this is the first uh, discourse that's being given. Uh, ah, Serene. Thus have I heard. On one occasion, the Blessed One was dwelling at Baranasi in the Deer Park at Isipatana. There, the Blessed One addressed the monks of the group of five monks, these two extremes should not be followed by one who has gone forth into homelessness. What two? The pursuit of sensual happiness in sensual pleasure, which is low, vulgar, the way of worldlings, innumerable, unbeneficial, and the pursuit of self-mortification, which is painful, innumerable, Innoble, and beneficial. Without veering towards either of these extremes, 
the Tathagata has awakened to the middle way, which give rise to, vers- to vision, which give rise to knowledge and leads to peace, to direct knowledge, to enlightenment, to Nibbana. Thank you. Yeah. So here, the first establishing of the two extremes. Yeah. Uh, today, when you go to India, the, the, the place Varanasi Barana, uh, is also known uh, with a V, yeah? Varanasi. Uh, it's referring to the same place. And uh, here are the two extremes. Uh, sensual pleasure and self-mortification. Uh, yeah, so, avoiding these two, then in the next paragraph, the Buddha introduced what we know today as the middle way, uh, the noble eightfold path. Ah, yeah. <laughs> in a way, yeah, in a way, yeah. Uh, These two, uh, sensual pleasure and self-mortification, if, as you will notice, is actually with reference to what he has done before. Yeah. Uh, when he was much younger, in his whole life before he left the, the palace, he lived a life of sensual pleasure. Then, when he left the palace, he did meditation, and later he tried self-mortification, uh, extreme asceticism, which didn't work. Uh, it was on this basis that he decided, okay, let me try the middle way. And only when he attained enlightenment, then that's why he was able to say, ah, this is the right way. Yeah, this is the right way. So it was not something that he just conjured but because he tried. So, so some people suggest that while well, the Buddha tried self-mortification, extreme asceticism, why shouldn't we try? So if you consider this, uh, then if you say that you should try self-mortification, then you should also try extreme, extreme the central pleasure. Yeah, but nobody will say that you should try central pleasure. Yeah, so actually, you should avoid both. Yeah, you should avoid both. When you look at the Buddhist teaching uh, in its totality in this way, then you realize, oh, that is why the, the path itself is described in a certain way. Yeah. Uh, hmm. uh, in what? Okay, hang on. Hang on. The, the, don't, don't. Don't press the thing. It's in the middle. Uh, in the middle. Uh, yeah. Uh, and what monks is that middle way awakened to by the Tathagata? Is this noble eightfold path that is right view, right intention, right speech, right actions, right livelihood, right efforts, right mindfulness, right concentration? This monks is that middle way awakened to by the Tathagata, which gives rise to vision, which gives rise to knowledge, and leads to peace, to direct knowledge, to enlightenment, to the mana. Thank you. Mm. So this is the the uh, this is the first time in our time period that the noble Eightfold Path is heard. 
this is the first time it is being spoken by the Buddha and the first time it's heard within our time period. Before the Buddha, there's no such idea yeah, of this noble Eightfold Path. Uh, in the past, long, long time ago, uh, there's past Buddha and the past Buddha is said to have given similar teaching, yeah, the same teaching on the Four Noble Truths. Yeah, so here, what is the Noble Eightfold Path? It starts with right view. Yeah? Right view, right intent, uh, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood. Then right uh, effort, mindfulness, and concentration. Yeah? The first two is under the category of wisdom. The second, the next group of three is under uh, what we usually call precepts. Yeah? But I will explain a bit more later. And the last three is under the, 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 the study or the learning or the practice of concentration. Yeah? The sun, what we call sanxue. Mm. Uh, now if you look at this, uh, some of you may have read certain books and they list the Noble Eightfold Path in a different order. You'll find that there are some books that list the Noble Eightfold Path starting with right speech. Yeah. Uh, I will put it here, uh, that is not the correct order. The correct order starts with right view. The reason why some books put it as right speech at the start is they follow the the the, the uh, sila samadhi panya order, yeah, uh, precepts, then concentration, then wisdom. This sequence is not wrong, but if you consider the Buddha didn't teach in this sequence, so why is it that the Buddha didn't teach in this sequence? Because <coughs> you start off, you must start off with the right view about this world. It is not your wisdom. It is actually not your wisdom. We are borrowing the Buddha's wisdom of how he looked at this world. And in a way, okay, first hear what he has to say. Then reflect on what he has said and consider whether it makes sense and to have a deeper understanding. Yeah. Uh, but even then, you are just, uh, in a way, adopting and then trying it out. And that's the key thing. In Buddhism, it's not about just lock, stock and barrel, just accept the whole thing. Yeah? Many, there are people who do that, uh, but doing that doesn't get you enlightened. You need to really examine and then ultimately to verify uh, whether this is true. So with the right view, yes? So when you say right view of people, do you mean by understanding of this impermanent the whole set, yeah. The, there's a whole set of it, yeah. No, not just these three. This is the three universal characteristic. Uh, the uh, right view includes knowing the four noble truth, knowing karma, and so on. Yeah. No. So, uh, from uh, if we were to adopt this uh, way of looking at this world, then it will shape uh, the purpose of our life. Yeah, the intention that governs our lives. 
Yeah, so they are linked in this way. Yeah, they are linked in this way. And with this form forming the intent in your life, what are the, the different kind of intents in your life? Uh, for most people, uh, we are we are conditioned to think that having more is will bring you happiness. Yeah, would you all agree? Having more will bring you happiness. Uh, and if you think in this way, nobody will say that you are wrong. Yeah, but in Buddhism, uh, the the approach is a bit different. Now. Yeah, it doesn't say that having more will give you happiness. And here more we are talking about material things. Yeah. Having more doesn't always bring you happiness. Having less also doesn't always bring you happiness. Having the right amount can remove remove suffering. Yeah. And being able to relate to what you have in the right way can give you happiness. Yeah. So the approach is very different. So if you just consider this simple statement, uh versus the conventional, the usual way of thinking, then the way we live our life will be quite different. Yeah? Will be quite different. Then if we were to bring in the other teachings to be to be part of the of right view, such as uh, acknowledgement of karma, rebirth and so on. Yeah? Uh, or if you just look at the four noble truths, then the cause of our suffering, the real cause of our suffering is actually our craving and attachment. It's actually defilements. Then, when you encounter problems, you wouldn't go around, ah, because this person made me upset. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you will recognize that, yeah, this person is just part of the conditions, uh, but ultimately, because we have defilements within us. Yeah. That is just a trigger point. Then, from there, if you look at Right speech, right action, right livelihood, uh, it will make a lot more sense. Right speech, right action, uh, right speech, there are four different kinds of speech that, uh, we, are, that we are supposed, we, are, we should try to avoid. Yeah? Such as lying, harsh speech, divisive speech, and idle chatter. Yeah? Four different types. Now, these are not like cardinal rule, like. Uh, Top down, you cannot do this. But more, if you just ask yourself, what is the purpose of this noble eightfold path? The purpose is to to work towards removal of suffering. So you ask yourself, well, if that's the case, would lying, would having harsh speech, would uh, saying divisive things to the divide people, would uh, you know having idle talk? Would that promote happiness or no happiness? Would that not pro- promote uncertainty or anxiety? Uh, then it becomes very clear. Yeah, uh, it becomes very clear. Why right speech is right speech? Then it be- it's not a, a, a precept or a rule that you must observe. So in other classes, I mentioned about how I learned from this uh, senior Sri Lankan monk. Uh, the term sila has uh, been translated as precepts uh, but another meaning is behavior yeah, behavior governs our body and speech yeah. so here sama sila right behavior yeah. and when we say right behavior again it's not a codified like you do this then it's correct you do that it's wrong but it's more about what are the kind of behaviors that is conducive for 
promoting harmony, promoting peace, promoting happiness. So that before you even talk about enlightenment, at least in this life, you can live in harmony with others. You wouldn't become a source of contention or conflict with others. Yeah? And living your life in this way, then when you try to meditate, uh, because these two, uh, first starting with right speech, then right action, these are actually supporting uh, your interaction with others, such that when you later on try to apply effort, yeah, the effort here, I will explain in a while, uh, is actually part of mind training. Yeah? So if you were to live your life harmoniously with others, then when you try to meditate, you don't have so much oh, things to worry or think about. You know? uh, then your mind can quite quickly uh, conduce. But even then, there may be wholesome, unwholesome thoughts. Yeah? Because action, you stop, but your thoughts may still have issue. Huh? So all these forms comes together as a connected set of practices that supports each other. Uh, the one, two, three, four, five. The faith, right livelihood. Um, in the text, <coughs> in the suttas, right livelihood uh, with respect to monastic is always uh, he who go as arms, arms eater. Yeah, that means. For monastics, in many suttas, it's directly talking about monastics. So, right livelihood often directly talk about saying that uh, where an, a noble disciple uh, like go on arms round and receive what is given. Yeah. But can we expect you all to go on arms round? Yeah? Uh, 12 o'clock, lunchtime, then Wilson go around Raffles Place with a boat, Tupperware. Yeah. <laughs> Then go around. <laughs> your, your boss immediately fire you. <laughs> so, so right livelihood also includes for the lay person, uh, avoiding those uh, those harmful kind of jobs. Yeah, jobs that involve killing, involve stealing, involve uh, sexual misconduct, jobs that involve the trade of life involve the trade of poison or weapon. Yeah. As a general rule, uh, there are two things to consider. One, the nature of the job. Is the nature of the job itself involve, uh, involving harming of others? Yeah. Uh, that's number one. For most jobs in modern society, it doesn't involve harming people. Uh, but you must still consider how you conduct this uh, your, your trade. Yeah, so, number one is the nature of the job. Number two is how you carry out your job. So, take for example, let's say uh, a taxi driver or a teacher. Yeah? A taxi driver actually provides service to others. So, actually, it's actually a very wholesome, very meritorious uh, uh, vocation. Uh, but if the taxi driver uh, from, uh, from one place to another place uh, looking at you and thinking that oh, maybe you're tired, you fall asleep, then you go a few more rounds. <laughs> uh, so the job itself has no issue. But by doing it that way, his livelihood is... So if the taxi driver or Uber driver uh, go a few more rounds, let you sleep more, but, and don't charge extra, 
Ah, then it's really pure intent. Yes. Yes. Still speaking. Okay. Uh, my question is that uh, what about the uh, military? Ah, uh, military. So, uh, that's that's where it's a bit tricky. Uh. Yeah. yeah. So in the Buddha's time, there were many kings and many generals who come and see him. But I, I, I rarely see. Uh, I rarely see the Buddha. I haven't seen any part where the Buddha explicitly tell them uh, you should not be a general. But instead, he counseled them, advised them on how he, they can defend their country without being an aggressor. Aggressor. Uh, the key thing. The, the, the intention to defend, to protect. Yes. That we that still consider uh, right. Some in in most traditions we consider that still seemingly okay. Because uh, as a parent, for example, uh, if, if my son opt to go to let's say air force, uh-huh. air force is wow, air force ma. But actually, air force if I go deep deep into it, air force create those uh, weapons. Air force also uh, with, uh, I mean, indirectly also maintain those. Uh, Fighter plane, all such things. That yes. Also, involve killing. <laughs> How do we? Yeah. Uh, so, that one? <clears throat> so it depends on whether you want to to make a living or you want to attain enlightenment. Uh, yeah. That's that, that, <laughs> that, that, uh, we are into this path. Of course, we we are not really yeah. say going to get enlightenment fast, but at least we mm. we don't go to the, the other the other wrong path. Mm. So about this, uh, I, I'll be very honest with you. The question of whether it's okay to... No, so she, she's relating something similar, exactly. Yeah. Then Singapore so, is actually... So do you want to... <laughs> but sorry, uh, this will be the last question. Yeah, Today yeah. we are close at nine. Uh, yeah, so yeah. no more questions. So yeah. we will keep your question for next week. Yeah. So... Now, so the question about uh, whether it is is it okay to be in the arms uh, industry, uh, either as a soldier or as a policeman, even or let's say you are an uh, arms uh, manufacturer, yeah. So is that still okay? Uh, strictly speaking, uh, if you want to attain enlightenment, you, you should not be concerning yourself with selling arms, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, this is a uh, this is where I want to share with you a conversation I had with a student who he, who was a physicist. Yeah, he was doing his post grad, so he's a physicist, and he shared with me about uh, this story of World War Two. Some of the German scientists, yeah, when World War Two is over, and they uh, raided the place and they find all the Know, the, the laboratories and when the scientists in US and in UK look through the documents they they were very puzzled and what were they puzzled about they were like something is wrong because German was also trying to make create an atomic bomb and when they look through all the calculation and everything the scientists said that they should have been able to do it even way before us yeah, then under, through investigation they found that there were a, a lot of uh, 
uh, conscious mistakes yes. that were include that were inserted inside. Yes. And later they found that some of the German scientists, they were scientists, but they are not interested in war or going to kill the whole world. So being in that position gave them the chance to slow things down. And in a way, if you ask yourself, if, if you are in that position, all the people around you are all carrying guns. Anytime can just you know you watch movie, you can cannot finish a piang. <laughs> so they were they were very courageous. Yeah, they were in that position, and they purposely slowed down the development. Yeah. They just described the plot for Rogue One Star Wars. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is what ha- yes. it happened in real life. Yeah. So this student shared this shared with me this account and asked. Um, in such a case, although it is actually in the arms development uh, uh, work, but if he if he had thought, ah, this is wrong livelihood, then he will not be the person to slow it down. The next scientist may may be like, I don't care, I I just quickly develop, I get bonus. <laughs> then maybe Germany would have bombed many other countries. Yeah, so. Uh, when he shared this with me, I thought about it. That's very interesting, huh? Because last time when I was working, one of the first job, I had, I had a few job offers. One of them was actually with CSO. Yeah, and uh, if I had joined them, it was to do the electronic battlefield project. Yeah, and that was the consideration. I declined that offer because I thought, although I'm not directly fighting or killing but I'm actually improving the efficiency of a group of people to fight and kill. So I decided not to do it. Yeah. After I became a monk, some years later, then the project was completed and it appeared in the news. I, was like, I told my sister, hey, remember the, that project? <laughs> so the question is, um, in the case of Singapore, it's very unique because Singapore don't actively start war. And whenever we send our troops overseas, um, I can't say 100%, uh, but from what I know, openly, it is always on peacekeeping, uh, uh, what do you call that? Peacekeeping mission. Yeah, mission. Yeah. And many times, our troops are sent not just to peacekeep, but for uh, disaster uh, assistance. You know, tsunami, earthquake, our troops are sent in to help. Yeah. So in Singapore, in a way, if you are a soldier in Singapore, um, our policy is to form a, a force of deterrence, yeah. But in other countries, I can't say. Uh, yeah. So in Singapore, I would say that for the most part, uh, it is, it doesn't have that. You do, you're, not, you're not required to actively go and, you know, have to commit killing. Mm. Uh, so it's quite different. Well, we will continue next week, uh, continuing from this uh, last part of chapter, this chapter. Uh, part 5, the first discourse, page 75. No? Put our palms together. Yen Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Lao. Yen Xiao San Zhang Zhu Fan Yen Da Zhi Hui Zhen Ming Lao. Yen Da Zhi Hui Zhen Ming Lao. Hu Yen Zhi Zhang Xi Xiao Chu. Hu Yen Zhi Zhang Xi Xiao Chu. Shi Shi Chang Xing Pu Sha Dao. Shi Shi Chang Xing Pu Sha Dao. Amitabha. Chi Li.